Hello, everyone. Hare Krishna. You are listening to the number one Hare Krishna podcast in the world, the late morning program with yours truly, Namras Das. Uh, I'm your host, and I'm welcoming today my friend, uh, Yashodev Prabhuth. Yashodev Prabhuth, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. So um, Yashodev Prabhu and his wife are, are just a really interesting uh, couple that, that I've met first in Australia. So we first met in Australia, and now you're in America. Yeah, you're now you're in America. And um, something that intrigued me about Yashodev Prabhu was that he has served in many different places. And I was just wondering, how did that come about? So we'll talk about that um, at a later point. But I wanted to start out by uh, talking about how you came in contact with uh, Krishna consciousness. So please uh, tell us about that. Okay, that old story. Yeah. Everybody loves the coming to Krishna consciousness story, isn't it? Even in the beginning of Bhagavatam, Narada Muni is telling his story. Yes. I was the son of a maidservant, and then this happened and that happened. Yeah. It's always a miracle, and it's always uh, the mercy of the Vaishnavas, of course. So, so fortunate to run into devotees. So I was just bumming around New Zealand, 18 years old, looking for adventure, you know, grew up in you're, America. You're American. You're American, yeah. right? You're yeah, in born New Zealand. In, uh, born in Delaware. Oh, and, cool. Uh, but more grew up in California, and I just, uh, you know, as most teenagers, just kind of jaded and confused and on a whim, just ran away to New Zealand because Lord of the Rings just came out, and that was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? that was awesome. all the logic there was to it, you know? Yeah. And anyway, the, of course, there's a lot of adventures in New Zealand, but fortunately, I ran into devotees in, uh, in Wellington, the capital city there. It's a really beautiful oh. place. And I just I just remember walking down the street and this German girl, girl Rajanari, she jumped out from the shadows, it seemed, and just, are you coming to our party tonight? And I'm like, I'm not going to any party you're going to. She just <laughs> scared me like anything. Never had someone jump out at me like that. She gave me this flyer for uh it wasn't called it's, it's called the Bhakti Lounge now, before it was called Gori Yoga. Right. I'm sure you're familiar with David Mita Swami's flagship oh, loft preaching program yes yes so um i got the flyer for that and i immediately threw it in the trash i'm like that chick is just weird i'm not i told her this story by the way so i'm not <laughs> <laughs> right right I'm not offending her so i threw this thing away and i was staying at some hostel or something and then i went back into this hostel after a day of debauchery in new zealand and uh I got into this elevator and the elevator doors opened up and right there, like square in the middle of the floor of this elevator was the exact same card, exactly the same one that she'd given me earlier. I said, this must be some sort of sign. You know, we're always wow. looking for some, especially when you're a young man, you're looking for something that, that's clear, you know? Yeah. So I took it as a sign and went to this uh, core yoga center and uh, true to form in keeping with my experience in running into Vrajanari, I thought this was the weirdest place I've ever been to. We're all like running around in circles, and jumping up and down and yelling. And I'm like up against the wall like this, like, oh my God, I hope they don't even see me. I just sneak out this side, you know, it won't be too late. I had such a strange experience going to the Hare Krishna place. Yeah. 
as I'm sure you know, having heard from many people in, the, in their first time experiences. So I was like that, like this is just, I can't have anything to do with this. I'm trying to sneak out from this place. But uh, one God sister of mine, Kadir Ivan, is very smart. She could see young guys like him. You just need to give them tons of prasadam. She gave me all this prasadam, so much of those malpuras, you know, where you have the little donuts soaked in the yeah. yogurt sauce with yeah. the strawberries and stuff in it. Oh. I still remember my first bite of prasadam. I ate so much of this stuff till I was just sick, you know, and they were telling me all sorts of weird things. I was like, yeah, 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 I'm just getting out of here. Let me get my donuts and leave, you know, and they gave me <laughs> three containers of this stuff. And I'm like, okay, these people are all right. You know, I love these donuts so much. I just went across the street to this empty gas station. And I sat down on the ground and I just ate the rest of it. I ate two of these, two more of these containers till I was wow. just sick. I had to give the rest of the, the last bit out. But after eating so much prasada, I was just like, you know what? These Hare Krishnas, they're onto something. They've got something magical going on here. <laughs> so I felt compelled to go back only some months later when some friend came from New Jersey and he said that he met some cute girls at the airport and that they're going to the Hare Krishna place. So we're like, okay, let's give it a shot. But uh, we forgot about the girls and somehow I got tangled up with Krishna after that. And um yeah, just the center that they had there in, in Wellington is really fantastic, really just amazing place. Yeah. For especially for foreign people. There's a lot of travelers in New Zealand, you know? a lot sure, of tourists sure. like myself, young people kind of looking for something in life. And uh and the Bhakti Lounge, they're really perfect at catering to that market and uh right. giving them something not just internationally exotic, but intergalactic, interuniversal exotic <laughs> experience. <laughs> So anyway, that's that's the gist of the story. I met the devotees there in New Zealand, and they were very expert in encouraging me to come along and eventually got into chanting, of course, and, and reading, but mostly just interested in the girls there for a while until uh, until they latched me on to Krishna instead. Right. And, um, yeah. How long were you how long were you in New Zealand for? Uh total about six and a half years, I think. Oh, so you like so you just went there to to do tourism, but then you stayed there as a devotee, like you became devoted yeah. and you stayed there, served there. Yeah. Wow. I got I got stuck in the trip. And and then after that you spent some time in LA, I believe. Australia, Los Angeles, Canada, Mexico, all over the place. Wow. I mean I stayed there in New Zealand and uh, eventually entered into the ashram. There they have a really great program they call the Contemporary Men's Ashram. I guess they okay. do it for ladies too. Where it's kind of like a halfway house, you know? Not everybody can jump into a temple. I don't know if you heard about this. Have no, you? no, I haven't. I haven't. It's really nice. It's like for guys especially who are maybe still working or still in school. Okay. They still want to have or like living arrangement with devotees. So they do this a lot in New Zealand called the Contemporary Men's Ashram. So I was going to a school at the time a uh, hospitality management culinary arts school, again, just on a okay. whim. But I was able to live with some other guys who are working or studying and whatnot. And then after doing that for a while, you know, I said, I'm ready to put on saffron and, and be a brahmachari. So then went up wow. to Auckland. And then as a brahmachari, our spiritual master, His Holiness Devamrita Swami Maharaj, would, would move us around as much as he could, really. He liked to bounce us around from one place right. to the next. Right, so that right. we could... Um, have fresh experiences in doing book distribution, sankirtan, and uh, and not get too attached to one place. 
Can so you... our Brahmacharya Ashram had kind of satellites in New Zealand and also in Australia, and we would move around a bit. Right, right. When I went to when I went to New Zealand, I, I met a, a number of Brahmacharis who were kind of like who were you know your God family, and they were moving around, and I saw them in different places. Can you tell us a little bit about the structure of that loft? What they call the loft preaching or um, outreach type uh, structure that that's there. Yeah, their whole thing is we make it easy. That's the slogan. We make it easy to come to Krishna consciousness, to grow in Krishna consciousness in a balanced, organic way, and to spread Krishna consciousness to others. That's like the mission statement, and that really just uh, you know means that it's it's a chameleon. You know, it's 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 a catch-all. They can just change into whatever they need to do, and they do all sorts of stuff to make it easy for people to want to chant, and to uh, to hear, and to eventually read Prabhupada's books. So they'll do different music styles. You know, there was a, they had like a a drum and bass phase where they were doing really? all that stuff. Yeah, there's like people coming in like into the club dancing. Not that I've been to many clubs and I know, but I tried, you know, I got right. into the dancing and then right, right. They do uh they did more of like a rock band sort of thing with music. Of course they do prasadam like nothing else in this world. And uh and, and so many different styles. There's this running joke about how they've made the Swami really wanted there to be amazing prasadam at these centers and so he would ask so how many preps are you making for the you know the big weekly event yeah. and they're saying oh you know we make 12 or 15 you know we're all trying to show him like we're doing a really good job we make so many preps and he's like only 12 or 15. Why <laughs> that many and then we we're all kind of silent like yeah why are we only doing 12 or 15 and, and then someone said well because that's all that fits on the plate and then gave me this one he's like well then just give him a second plate <laughs> to the size and shape of one plate. Just expand the plates. It always and that just wow. kind of catches his whole attitude and the yeah. mood in these preaching programs. It's just just break all the rules. Just do something more. Just when you think you've gotten to the top, you think you're doing the best you can, just start yeah. doing something more. And um and yeah, I'm I'm so happy that I was that I was introduced to Krishna consciousness in that way. I I love that that motto you said of making it easy. I hmm. think that in, in a lot of places, it's it's hard to to kind of for yes. people to get in. Like for you, for example, you know, they when you went and they they were jumping and doing kirtan and stuff, um, you felt a little bit like there may be there maybe there was some, some uncomfortableness there. Um, but what what was it that kind of pushed you forward? It was it was the prashadam. But but as but, <laughs> but did that make you think past like? or look past rather all the kind of so-called weird things. Yeah, definitely the the culture of the people. I mean, they're so expert in just, you know, connecting on a real level. I think as you've probably seen sometimes as devotees, we, we start to get really kind of distant from what people are actually going through and, and what they're really feeling. You know, we, we live a very different lifestyle such that we might not even understand what are the needs, interests and concerns of the people we're trying to connect with. And I think what makes those those Prabhus down there in, in New Zealand and Australia so effective is that they just, they make that the priority, really just understanding and connecting on, on a deeply personal level. And that's not to say that there aren't other Vaishnavas who are doing that around the world, of course, but I'm saying that these Prabhus, they've gotten it down to a real art and a culture so that even like a new person comes along and you feel like, yeah, I should try to connect to people on a deep level and, and share Krishna with them. So there's definitely the, the personal culture, which is attractive. And also just the, um, as you know, you know the controversy, 
that uh, they just they exclude all of the the ethnic traditional things almost right. entirely exclude i won't say exclude entirely but, right. but for the most part and so okay. that persons who are not indian of course we come in and aren't as intimidated by right the ethnic things right so, you know Devami Daswami and those prabhus down there were certainly some of the first to spearhead that trend which is now picking up around the world i think sure sure yeah that i i really like that you know um something that uh, one devotee said in a previous conversation i had was that when he he does he runs a preaching center in portland oregon he was telling us on the podcast that you know he doesn't walk around in dhoti and kurta because he wants the other person to think like oh this person is like me he doesn't want them to think this person isn't like me so you're saying about how you know they one of the motto or one of the less lessons and kind of uh strategies is that to understand what people are, are going through in 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 just normal life mm. but my question for that is that how do you balance you know your own krishna consciousness and and also staying true to ourselves and our our tradition and all but at the same time uh kind of associating and also understanding what other people are going through that makes sense because yeah. sometimes it can like if you don't have a good balance then it can go too far one way or too far the other way mm -hmm. as we've seen right now right. in in our movement for sure right. yeah like we we when we think about these sort of um, cutting edge adaptive outreach programs you know we 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 tend to think of extremes like like kirtan ananda and then, you know whatever other right. things that some prabhus used to do and how that didn't work out so well so there does it have to be a balance and i think it just comes from seeing everything in connection with krishna which might sound cliche but it really is the truth and right. a, a good example in new zealand uh is that there is a, a very strong environmental consciousness far more than we have here in america it's all mm -hmm. clean green new zealand it's all about nuclear free it's all about preserving nature recycling you know just carbon emissions they just love that sort of stuff yeah and so one of the things the devotees so expertly done down there is connecting that with krishna as it should be how devotees see the environment as being part of krishna's creation and and seeing relationship with nature and the mode of goodness as being conducive to our spiritual life and just I... making a whole campaign where the bhakti lounge is all about environmentalism and so many people they get on board because they're interested in veganism animal rights and in in uh ecology and so many things and that gets them through the door and it gets them to see what the devotees are doing in that regard and they are doing a lot in that regard the devotees they do have a lot of like real environmental programs going on wow and uh and then people see like okay the hari krishnas care about the environment naturally wow. so i guess i'm similar to the hari krishnas environment is is one of the I think one of the big examples of how they've they've made inroads into communities and and made people see that that you know I'm also interested in what Krishna is interested in. Wow, that's that's a very that's something yeah. we should definitely get into because the environmental movement and you know preservation and things like that it's a very big you know people are very interested in that yeah. climate change and things like that to tap kind of kind of like tap into that market so to say for lack of a better term is it, just it's just really important and i think 
you know, we tried that here, like with, you know, using, uh, you know, biodegradable, uh, you know, plates and things like that. Mm. But beyond that, I don't think anyone's really, mm. you know, I mean, in some sense, you know, uh, you know, ahimsa dairies and things like that also is kind, sort of in there a little yeah. bit, but not as much as what you're saying about what they're doing in New Zealand and Australia. And you're saying a lot of people join, do it with that. Yes. You can get on board with that. They, 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 I, they see the mission of the devotees as being congruent with their own mission of saving the environment. Wow. It's not just like, it's not just like dangling a carrot in front of someone's face that they'll get in the door and like now just, you know, now we just <laughs> like, surrender and, and yes, and yes, save your head. But it's but they see like this actually congruent with my mission in life, which is to help the environment, which is to save the world. Mm. We we are out there to save the world. I mean, that's Prabhupada's mission, and we should we should align ourselves with people who are doing that and show them how we can also do that. Environmentalism is a great way. People are very concerned with animal rights. People are concerned with sustainable agriculture. We can do that more and we can show what we're doing to support those things. And then those people will be you know, interested in Krishna. I think people, naturally everyone's attracted to Kirtan. People are attracted to Prasadam. It's not like anyone finds, well, there's some people I guess who are put off by it, but almost everybody finds the Hare Krishnas and what they do at least cute and quaint. But I think it's when they see that we are serious about helping the world when we're serious about doing something for the world and not just, you know, cloistered, and we're not just, you know, hiding in our own temples, you know, mm -hmm. waiting for salvation, then young people, especially, they want to get on board with that. And nowadays people, young people, especially are very much into progressive ideals. They're very much into environmental justice, social justice. They want to see action. They want to see us doing something, aligning ourselves with, the movements of the day. And I think that there's no, there's, there's no way that the, the devotees can't do that. There's no reason why we shouldn't be involved with the movements of the day, uh, especially environmentalism, social justice, things like that. I think if we don't see how those things are part of Krishna's mission as well, then, um, then maybe we need to deepen our understanding of Krishna consciousness. I know right. that some people feel like you know, this Braja Bhakti, that's all we should be concerned with. And the things going on in this world are, are just not our concern. We just chant Hare Krishna and go back to Godhead. And I respect the persons who have those, that perspective. Right. And who, and who have that focus. I admire them. But, uh, but Prabhupada was certainly concerned with the state of the world. And he, he did all sorts of things to, to get people to see that Krishna consciousness is the solution, the panacea, right? We were all introduced to this word by Prabhupada's grace. Yeah, is the panacea yes. for the world's problems. So we need to start putting our money where our mouth is. I mean, Prabhupada made this statement. Now we need to make it true. Is Krishna consciousness the panacea for social justice problems? Is it the panacea for environmental problems? And uh, we can do more to do that, I think. Mm. Our rural projects like Itanagari are a great example and students are very interested in it. They're paying good money actually to come and stay at the farm during their, uh, you know, Zoom class time period. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to school, but they're staying at, at Gitanagri and they're participating in, in the farm work because they see that the devotees have a mission, which is really helping the world. I think that we can do more of that as a community. 
again, I admire the the, the Bhajananandis and and who who all about Bhakti, and I hope that I will get there someday. Yeah. But until then, I think that our community can align with the movements of the day. Without, okay. I don't think it's going to to water down or or I don't know somehow ruin our our focus on Krishna Prema. That's I think there's room. Opinion. What do you think? No, I agree with you. No, I, I think there's room for all kinds of ways of outreach and to align ourselves with different movements, uh, like you're saying. And I think when devotees have issues with it, it's because they kind of have a narrow view of what Krishna consciousness can be and what outreach can be. When it's a, I mean, I, I know I've had that kind of conception of a narrow view and like, oh, that's kind of weird or that's not, you know. But but it actually, lately I've been thinking like there's just different nets that you can throw out. You know, there's like, there's like ones that t bring a lot of people or they bring one that brings certain people and it doesn't mean one is wrong and one is right. It's, it's, it's like, what is our end result? The end result mm. is that you're connecting more people with Krishna. You're, you're, even if you're aligning with something that may be okay for like, I have, I don't have an issue with it, but I think like, okay, social, social justice things, they have a lot to do with like bodily things. And mm -hmm. it's, 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 we are not so concerned with the bodily thing. So it, but, but if that is bringing people more to Krishna consciousness and kind of, you know, getting them in the door, but also showing them, okay, there's another way to look at, there's another word perspective. Then I think it's valuable to be honest. I do. Um, yeah. And so, so a little bit more about, so then you're, you lived in as a brahmachari for how, how long did you live as a brahmachari? I managed a good six and a half years. Wonderful, wonderful. And tell us a little bit <laughs> about that. Was sincere. What's that? Most of it was sincere. <laughs> tell us a little bit about that experience as a as a as a, hmm. as a renunciate. I was fortunate to be in, I think, one of the best Brahmacharya ashrams in the world, especially outside of India, which is in New Zealand, is really focused. And uh, perhaps because it's not a part of any temple. As controversial as that may sound, we could just focus on our service and our sadhana. Sure, it, sure, okay. It was mostly book distribution, prasad and distribution, and uh, and we just did everything together. It was a really first class environment. Uh, challenging, of course, but uh, the simple living higher thinking was just so wonderful. Um, so I was there in New Zealand for several years with the brahmacharis there, which was really great. And I was juggling so many visas. New Zealand loves for you to visit; they don't like for you to stay. I see. Okay. Which is probably the trend around the world right now. <laughs> and uh, of course, now they don't even want you to visit. They <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just want you to send your money. Just don't come. Just send the money because they right. depend on the prison so much for their economy. Yeah. Anyway, I ran out of visa options. I was juggling so many visas and, and oh, kind of got deported. I got that 10 day notice get out of here. And wow. uh, I went to Australia for some time. We had our satellite there. And um, Sydney Sankirtan is just amazing. I think Australia is the best place in the world for preaching Krishna consciousness. It's just so much fun there. People just yeah. love devotees. Everybody's had prasadam. You know, every city's yeah. got like six restaurants. Yes, yes. I mean, it's as close to the heavenly planets we're going to get on this planet. <laughs> in Australia. It's really nice. Yeah. That for some time. And then, um, but anyway, the motherland called and eventually had to come back to America. And, uh, so Gumaraj asked me to go to Los Angeles, which was a very different experience for me. As you know, LA is 
rather conservative temple and and there's a right. lot of seniority there and it was like a new thing for me to adapt to mm. didn't adapt very well but um did my best while i was there shastrakrit and omkar and and shastrakrit's wife we did a nice uh bhakti house program made a lot of devotees that way and, oh wow and then uh but of course so many young girls walking around la so that's <laughs> why <laughs> so i had to come to terms with certain needs in my life sure sure yeah and then uh anyway the story goes on so anandini lalita and i got together somehow by the arrangement of something i'm not sure if it's spiritual arrangement or, or the material nature but it's worked out in the end yeah and uh then david Rita swami asked us to go back to australia and then we were heading up a really great program there really nice center that's where we met you actually you yes and yes sydney uh sydney t- the the govinda's ashram we govinda's it. ashram beautiful oh i loved it we stayed there it was so nice Especially yeah that nice was a real that was a real blast yeah. thanks to yeah. um Pratapan and Jayashree Prabhu's, the financiers, they, uh, I mean, they provided a really nice, really nice facility. And that case, that place just became so pumping with Kirtan. Yeah. We once had, once had Shoot the Kirti Prabhu came over, you know, Shoot the Kirti came and uh, he did some, he spoke with us and he came for a Kirtan program and he said, he said, I haven't seen this much, I, I haven't seen this much excitement and enthusiasm in new people doing Kirtan since Prabhupada was around doing kirtan with devotees. He wow. said, this is like when we would have all new people coming to chant with Prabhupada, he said, it's just like that. Wow. So that was really nice. I've considered that my, our, our serious success that he would see. So that was a real blast. And uh, a lot of nice devotees came along there. And then uh, again, visas are always hanging over my head. I lived, you know, a good 12 years or so, no, 10 years, like just juggling visas. It's always like having a noose around your neck, you know? It's yeah, like you, you, live, know. you live, but you for how long do I live? <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> that was stressful. And eventually those ran out, and uh, for some other reasons. Gurudev, Devamrita Swami, asked us to come back to the States, and uh, we were going to try something in Philadelphia, but then he said um, Penn State University near Gitanagri. He'd taken... He'd taken responsibility for Gita Nagini. We're trying really hard to keep that place uh, growing. Sure, so he sure. asked us to do outreach out here. And uh, he said, um, he said, it's so amazing to, to you know, share, preach or share Krishna consciousness in a place where you have like a real working devotee run farm nearby. It gives so much more credit to what you're talking about. Right. And I right. realized that when we came here, because, you know, we say a lot of things. We can say a lot of amazing things. Yeah. But you know, we need places that show, like that we're that we're going to commit to living it. We're going to commit to living as simply and as naturally as possible, and to live by our principles and ideals as much as possible, and uh, and to make that space open to others. And I think Gitanagar is doing a great job at doing that. And so it has been amazing to be with these students up at Penn State and to tell them about Gitanagar and tell them that hey. Krishna consciousness is aligned with the missions, the same values that you're concerned with, environmental mm-hmm. justice, social justice, and well-being, and, uh, and people really appreciate it. So that's what we've been doing ever since, uh, up here in central Pennsylvania. I'm a city slicker, you know? I'm yeah. I'm a city guy, and I'm out here in <laughs> Trump country, for lack of a <laughs> Yeah. We don't fit in, but we're trying our best to... to, to to get into this lifestyle. 
Wow, that's amazing. I want to ask you about uh, first. I want to talk a little bit about what in interacting with the young people right now. What difference do you see from when you were interact interacting with uh, young people like you know ten? 15 years ago in the sense of like, what, what are they concerned about now yeah. in di difference wise? I think that there's never been a harder time for young people, university students, especially really? our people. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, in my observation is anecdotal, but I think that that students are struggling so much right now. Young people are, are more and more confused about what they're supposed to be doing. They have less faith in, uh, and the, the sort of paradigmatic norm of, you know, get a good degree, get a good job, you know, get some happiness. Now, you know, your degree doesn't get you a good job. And they know that they're at school yeah. and they know, like, there's no guarantee from any of this. Spending so much money, some of them are still paying themselves to be able to go to school. So they're confused about, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. They can, and, and they're seeing, I think people are seeing more and more. Uh what is it? We're seeing we're seeing more uh, extreme uh, polarism in in society in terms of uh, you know like where you align yourself. Things are just becoming so black and white, especially in this country. I should say blue and red, and people are right. feeling that pressure even as right. young students. It's like you just have to pick one side now, and that's like you for the rest of your life. People are feeling that pressure, you know. Yeah. Especially the, you know the recent uh, elections in this country. And um, and of course, on top of all of this, like every conditioned soul, they're just confused about who I am and, and what I'm doing, and it's, it's really hard. I, you know, I feel a lot of pity mm. just for what people are going through, and I feel like it's getting harder. I haven't observed every student, you know, for the last 15 years, but I feel like it's getting harder. So, and so more and more, they they need they need something that they they need to be exposed to things that can give them answers. And sure. also, and also meets their concerns of the day. Right. Yeah. My recurring theme here is that we need to we can share Krishna consciousness in a way which meets their concerns, aligns with their values, and I think the progressive values, the progressive concerns of the day. So your angle would be: is your angle okay? We have this farm, and this is where you can sustain yourself live a mode of goodness life or is your angle uh how to live in your current life but and whatever your current beliefs are but adding krishna to it like what how do you add krishna to someone's like who's suffering in such a way that uh, such confusion is probably my question it definitely the latter of the two there's not many people who will just jump into farm life i mean it's really hard I did, you know, I did it there for as long as I could. I did four yeah. years milking the cows and it's just, it's tough. So, um, but lots of students, they like to come and do it for a few weeks or even a few months at a time. Yeah. It's sort of like a, a, like a work in residence program. They really love that, but kind of committing to that lifestyle is, is very hard for people. So of course, we're always trying to add Krishna to people's lives. And, um, and as I said, trying to see that, the goals of Krishna consciousness are congruent with the goals, the, the concerns of young people of the day, political concerns, sociological concerns. So, um, yeah, we're trying to get people to want to practice Krishna consciousness in their own lives and in their own homes and, and in our spaces whenever we can. 
course, it's been hard the last year because we don't, not really allowed to get together yeah. and to chant. But uh, we're finding new ways to do that. Uh, some devotee has created a network of student bhakti groups around the country called the Student Bhakti Collective. Now we're trying to get all the different university groups to come together and, and, and connect and talk about relevant issues. And I was just surprised at how much people love it. I mean, students are just, they're looking for something which is really positive and has potential to change them. They long for it. They're so desperate for it, really, right. really desperate for it. And they're not seeing it in you know, their career potential. Many of them, they don't see that in, in their future career potential. They, they do see that the devotees, that the Hare Krishnas, believe it or not, are hip and with it and have a perspective on the issues of the day, which is really helpful. Mm. And that's why they want to get into it. That's been our experience, that, that young people, intelligent young people, are really fascinated by the philosophy of Krishna consciousness and how it applies to the issues of the day, the highly politicized issues of the day, the things that are just all over the media, the things that you know you don't have a choice, but you have to take some position on, those right. sort of things that, 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 that are stressing them so much. They see that the devotees, the Krishna consciousness philosophy has a real perspective on that, and they align with it. And it's wow. amazing. That is, that's fantastic. What when you when you speak to a student or when you're kind of what we say cultivating mm -hmm. students and things like that. What is your end goal? Like, is your end goal this person will come and and take up Krishna conscious four regular principles initiated sixty rounds, or or let me let me just put that put it like that. What is your end goal when you're when you're sharing? Generally, my end goal is to try to get a person to chant Hare Krishna, to do kirtan with devotees. Right. And uh, for those who like that, I always think of an end goal as just to connect them with a genuine spiritual master. And uh, you'd be surprised how many people like that. I mean, people, even Americans, they do actually find gurus to be interesting. It's not a weird thing anymore. Right, right. It's becoming more mainstream, actually. For better or for worse. <laughs> yeah. right. So I always see that as an end goal. But um, with young people, with students especially, uh, with all respect to whoever might be listening in, because I think some of my friends were actually told that we're having this conversation today. Sure. But with young people especially, I mean, I have very low expectations. I really just try to give, 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 give. And you have to give a lot to the yeah. students. Yes. A lot of them are still just figuring out like how to cook for themselves, like how to do the right. line, you know. So you really have to be prepared to just give when you have centers that have more adults. You know, you can expect to receive have some reciprocation in the form of money or assistance or whatever. Yes. So with students, I mean, it's become our pleasure to just try to give and to not expect too much. And, wow. uh, and that touches them and it affects them. And they, they value it. They appreciate it. One thing David Ritaswamy had said is that it's hard to, you know, you shouldn't expect superstar bhaktas to come out of university preaching. They've got so much going on. Yeah. Not many people are just going to like start chanting 16 rounds, follow four regular principles and be a full-time student and work a job and deal with all whatever else is going on in their life. But you can hope that you leave such an impression that later in life they remember, you know, it's, it's these, it's these devotees that I spoke to who, who so far make the most sense of all the things that I've heard and all the things that I've seen and experienced they really make the most sense. And so later we hope that, that people in their adult lives will, will have more, uh, you know, will make more progress. That's beautiful. So, I'm, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that's it. Just you know, we're, we're trying to keep a, a pretty low expectation. The end goal is really just just give a good impression, and if people you know take up chanting Japa and reading the books, you know, all the better. That's that's so nice. It's 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 such a selfless. It's actually a very selfless thing because mostly we do things because we want a certain result to them, mm-hmm. whatever activities we're performing. But but what you're doing. And many other devotees I know do this as well in in their the way they the way their mood is in sharing Krishna consciousness. It's some it's it's a mood of just like you said, just giving and not expecting anything. And and I, I feel like that drives devotees because there's some rasa that comes from that. Mm-hmm. It's do very you feel that. Do you feel it's that? It's I mean it's it's hard work, and uh, you know and it's. To do to put on any sort of program is hard work, and of course we got two kids now, and we got to like commute to the place, and we like bring prasad, and it's just it's, you know, sometimes it's a real headache, but it's just so satisfying. It is very satisfying, and they do express it despite, you know, a lot of them being very young and and inexperienced. They express it. They express their wonder and confusion. Like how is it that you can just give, and and you're not charging anything? Like how is it that you can just keep giving and and you don't haven't tried to sell us something yet? So, wow. you know, it's very satisfying when, when people appreciate in that way. And I like to think that uh, Lord Chaitanya appreciates that too. Totally. We feel satisfied with our, our service, despite how difficult it is. Yeah. And, and have you felt a difference in your own Krishna consciousness doing what you're doing? Yeah, certainly. I, I feel like we're maturing a lot, especially maturing in our understanding of how serious it is to try to share Krishna with others. You know, when we're like a new bhakta, I don't know if you went through a new bhakta phase. I mean, everybody goes through a point where they're just like, now I'm sharing. Sure, yeah. Now yeah, it's yeah. just like, let me just plow over everybody and shove Krishna down their throats. And <laughs> you know, when, you, when you're just like new, you kind of just, you say a lot of bold things without really thinking of what effect it might have on someone's mind and on their thoughts, you know? Right. Now, more and more, I'm seeing how, I just, how significant are the ideas that we're sharing with someone, how they can change the course of their life completely and, and, and permanently. And that change is, is very serious. More I'm feeling like I need to take responsibility for that. I need to take responsibility for introducing someone to ideas that can just that completely change the whole course of their life, completely change their values, completely change what, what, how they identify themselves, hopefully for the better. And I think that's just such a serious, significant thing. And that's why I'm excited and motivated to do it. I, I think it's just the result of feeling the compassion for people who are, who are struggling and who are suffering. That if we have something that we can give to them, then we must. We must, because people just, they suffer so much right now. Yeah. Young people especially. I mean, that. I don't want to get too morbid here, but like the suicide rates amongst university students, it's just appalling. The depression rates are appalling. The need for, you know, for psychotherapy and psychiatry, which is great. You know, I support anybody who who needs it. I support doing it. But the the rates for such young people, it's just shocking. And, um, and so I think it's such an honor and a privilege to be to be able to try to share with people in those situations something that really changes their perspective, and it really does. It really does. Wow! It's just such a pleasure. Hmm. How do you approach when students come to you with kind of controversial 
like how do you how do you deal with uh things that are very polarizing like gender issues like gender when issues says, politics I'm not, I'm not a woman i mean that's a big thing right now yeah yeah what is your approach on that um i mean i was no because 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 i ask you because a lot of devotees struggle with that and sometimes we don't even want to address those things because it's 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 such a it's such a very difficult topic you can either you can either attract someone or you can completely yeah. detract them from what from everything you're about to say about krishna even though it's wonderful yeah. it's beautiful prashadam etc you can just completely they're just like i don't even want to look at you i don't even want to talk to you because of what you just said yes if you say the wrong words in response to somebody telling you that they are a different gender or something and you're canceled you know you're, you're immediately yes i don't have anything to do with you and that is it's a challenge and i think it takes a lot of sensitivity and it takes genuine compassion we can be frustrated. We can think, well, you know, we're devotees. You know, you're not the body. Do I care if some young person thinks that they're female or thinks that they're male? You know, it's just, it's all Maya. And if we really think like that, then we cannot be compassionate. We cannot be sensitive to the fact that someone is really struggling with the bodily concept of life. Right. Someone doesn't know what their gender is. And if you do, even if you are confident and you know what your gender is, you're still struggling with the bodily concept of life. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, as far as I understand, neither of the two genders is particularly pleasant. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I tried to see that these, these people are, are really suffering with the bodily concept of life. And I genuinely feel compassion. In the beginning, yes, I thought it was silly. I thought it was silly when someone would come up to me that they're, you know, they're, they're biologically male, but they, they say that I identify as female or something like that. Then, you know, at first I thought, okay, this is just weird. And, you know, subconsciously I'm thinking, you know, I can't take this person very seriously. They must not be very intelligent. I mean, look in the mirror. This right. is dumb. It's crazy. Are you on drugs? You know, what is your relationship with your mother like? You know, we can make all these excuses to avoid the fact that people are suffering and we have a solution for them. I don't yeah. want to take responsibility. Or I don't want to put myself on a limb to try to give help to a person who's struggling with the bodily concept of life. And so we have people who come to our programs regularly. I won't say the name because he might be listening. Sure. And I don't want to put him on the spot, who is trans. And uh, I didn't even know until he told me actually. And, um, and you know, he recognizes, yes, the bodily concept of life is problematic. You know, I've learned that from the, the devotees here. And it doesn't mean that he has to, change back to this gender, that gender just recognizes in general that it is a problem. And that if I you know, become more Krishna conscious, I'll transcend this whole thing. And that way we don't have to pass judgment on any particular bodily status. I mean, all of our meat puppets are just kind of funny at the end of the day. We don't have to claim one is better than another. Right, right. If we genuinely feel compassion and some sympathy, then we can genuinely help people. And they recognize that. They recognize that as being very different from the judgment which comes, sort of knee-jerk judgment which comes from people who don't understand what they're going through, especially religious people. It's very refreshing and shocking for them to see, you know, religious representative being understanding of what they go through. And who can understand better than the devotees of Krishna? I mean, that's Krishna's lesson number one. The body is, is, is an issue and it's confusing. You know, who can understand better than us? The question is whether or not we can be sensitive and really care and try to help them. And I think we can. And again, you know, this whole, this is my whole thing about 
aligning, we can align ourselves with the progressive movements and ideals of the day and help people genuinely. Wow, that's fantastic. So you're saying that a genuine compassion and understanding of what the, where that person is coming from is important to be able to kind of share the philosophy of Krishna consciousness with them. Yeah, I mean, we, I think we have to recognize what suffering they're going through. And Krishna says this in the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita. The one who, uh, by comparison with his own self, sees the true quality of all living beings in both their happiness and their distress. And um, you know, we have to recognize that we've we've suffered with bodily identities before. They might seem so distant to us now. You know, we've been devotees for so long. I mean, I'm not yeah. like that anymore. We can kind of forget. It's an interesting I, thing I've noticed in in Sankirtan is that if we don't if we don't try to reach out to people, we can really forget just how hard it is just to be in this world and to be in yeah. this body. We, we, we can kind of forget about it. But if you go out, especially if you do door-to-door -door book distribution, which I'm not really endorsing right now. I haven't done it in a long time. But you just <laughs> like look into someone's life and you just remember, you see and you remember, wow, people suffer a lot. And you know, I, d I just didn't notice it anymore in my own home, in my own ashram, where everything kind of like works in a certain order. Yeah. So easy for us to forget just exactly how much people are suffering. And that's why we need to connect with them and open up to them. And they'll open up to us. And what they show us can be intimidating and shocking. It can be really hard for us to deal with. But it's important, I think, for our spiritual life to, to know what people are struggling with. And, uh, and it's important for them to be able to, to share with someone who can understand them in a deep spiritual way. Yeah, like what you're saying about we forget how it is. You're essentially saying you f we forget how life is, how hard life is without Krishna. Yes. We I'm don't not trying to like point to anyone in particular. No, 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 of course. I'm, saying, of course. I'm but, saying but it's I, easy for us to just be in our own world and, yes. and take for granted, take for granted that, that Krishna consciousness, even just, you know, our, you know, our, our, our Kanishta Bhakti as best as we can do, really just eclipses so many of the issues of the day. Isn't that what Haridas Thakur had said? Even just your Nama Bas chanting, you know, solves all the problems of material existence. We can just kind of take that for granted that so many of our problems in life have just long forgotten. Yeah. And that's why it's so important, I think, and challenging for us to connect with people, especially young people who are going through a lot. And it gives me so much more faith that, wow, Krishna, I, you know, I used to be like that. I used to just be so, so distraught that I thought any day now I'm going to give up. I'm going to give wow. up life. Wow. And, but it's like, it's like I've forgotten about it entirely. And it's, it's, in, it's entirely because of, you know, my experience in bhakti. Mm. So, you know, it gives me a lot of faith too, to try to connect with these people, to try to connect with the people and, and be concerned with what they're going through. It really helps me a lot. So I would say it's, it's dangerous for, preachers and sharers of Krishna consciousness to become comfortable in their lives because they won't be able to understand or relate with a comfortable in the sense that when you're not, when you can't see what the other person is going through, then it, you can't connect with them in that way and kind of meet them where they're at. I think so. And I think they won't want to connect with us. If we don't connect with them, if we don't see what they're about, they don't yeah. want to see what we're about. I mean, young people aren't stupid. They're they're street savvy. They're world wise, although inexperienced. And what they're what they're hyper vigilant of now more than ever 
is hypocrisy. Right. And especially a religious hypocrisy, especially in this country. Right, right. And I think they recognize that if we don't really care about what they're going through, then they don't care about what we're sharing. Mm. So, you know, I try to genuinely care about what people are going through, and it's hard, and it takes up time, it takes up energy. And another friend, you know, one of these students messaged me saying that a friend of his commits suicide. This is like normal affairs these days for a lot of these people, but he was very disturbed, and he was crying, and he was talking on the phone. And I was trying to just listen, and the thought went through my mind, like, you know, I don't even know the person, and I got my own stuff going on, and, you know, the body, and, you know, get another chance in the next life, but, but, you know, it was actually like, it was so helpful. I checked myself and I realized it's so helpful to hear the pain and the suffering of the people of today. Because, you know, it's, it's like, it keeps me going. Like I have to get out. I have to try to share something with them. Something that's helped me. I have to try to share it with them because they're suffering so much. And, and that's hard to face. It's hard yeah. to face. And there, there are times when I don't want to face it. I just think, all right. You know, I've, I've, I've extended myself enough. It's hard to face, but but I'm always better for doing it. Mm. And I, I'd like to see that. I think every every everyone's capable of doing that. I think devotees especially are all capable of doing that. I think we, we need to, as a culture, get used to the discomfort of trying to understand what people are going through. If I may be a little bit, you know, all devotees have an opinion about our, our institutions and whatnot. Yes. But despite all of our, you know, all of our, you know, parading about with with our wonderful verses like Chanada P Sunichina Turodivasishna. We're really like we're really quite allergic to to you know humbly inquiring from other people like how we could do better in our service and our connection with the communities. We really tend to think that we do it the best and there's no way that we could be doing it better. Mm. That's just my own observation. You know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I think devotees, we tend to be overconfident in the way that we do things. And I think that we could do a lot better by emulating a lot of the, the how should you say, the, the, the programs or, or what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, the, the principles and the, and the resources that progressive institutions have put into place. If we want to connect with Lost you for a second. You still there? Hopefully you come back. Be beautiful conversation. Wow. His, his real, his wisdom is definitely coming out in this conversation. <laughs> Beautiful. Some amazing points about empathy, relating with people, to, you know, coming to their, coming up to them. Looks like we lost Yasha Dave Prabhu, but he'll be back. Um, but if you have questions or any comments for Yasha Dave Prabhu, I'm going to take questions at the end. Put them in the comment section. Uh, if you have any, you know, any inquiries about his life or about what we're talking about, this conversation was actually about about meant to be about the guru's orders and how he traveled all these different places, but it kind of went into a into another. Okay, we're we're back. 
Sorry about that. No, no, was no, that's me, okay. Was that you or was that the universe? I, that was you. I think that was you, but that's okay. I think uh, Krishna is trying to protect you from the controversial point I was about to make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, please, let's hear it. Everyone's hanging on every word you're saying here. Okay, my, my, my claim is this, is that if we want to connect with the young people of today, right. who it seems are largely, I mean, statistically, they are largely progressive and, and liberal, then I think that ISKCON would do well to emulate and apply a lot of the same programs and resources that progressive institutions do, like, for example, American universities, like uh, more progressive churches. You know, they, they are involved in people's lives in a way that, uh, that we in ISKCON haven't really done as much. Mm -hmm. And, and they, they, apply, they, they offer resources to help people through things that, that we haven't really done in ISKCON so much yet. They, they put their name behind missions and, and, and endorse those missions. Mm. But we haven't really done that yet. We, we don't have ISKCON really endorsing environmental movements in this world and participating and contributing, but we could be. And young people will see that, that Hare Krishnas care about the state of the world and they have something to contribute and they'll want to hear that, what, what we're doing. Right, right. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I just love what you were saying about uh, meeting those people, you know, understanding what they're suffering. In your own life, how do you balance the burden of knowing people's suffering and like you were saying, being on the phone with that person, he was crying and, and, you know, these are their students that you're developing relationships with. How do you balance that with your own life as being a family man? You know, your wife, your wife is also with you, your family, your children. So there's a certain balance that needs to, you know, that must be very difficult. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. I got to say something about my wife because hopefully she's tuned in right now. And uh, sure, sure. yeah, she's amazing. I mean, she's also very, probably more so than me. She's, she's very compassionate and, and puts in a lot of effort in outreach and caring for people and serving them and giving them as much as she possibly can. And I'm so grateful that uh, we have that partnership. We do have right. like this nonprofit business going on. That's what it feels like when we're, when we're trying to get the programs going. Right. It's like we have a, like a non, not-for-profit business and uh, she's the best partner possible. And yeah, there's, there's burdens at home, of course. You know, you have bills to pay and you have kids to take care of and all those sort of things. Yeah. And to be honest, I feel I feel the burden of Sankirtan as a bit of a relief. And I hope that's not too, uh, too crude to say. But, you know, we, we need a break from our own little world. I don't want to come across as too hard here because I, I know, you know, Nowadays, it seems like nowadays, you know, Sankirtan can be kind of controversial. And it's like, if you talk about it too much, some people feel a little intimidated, like, like maybe feel some guilt. And I'm not trying to like give anybody a guilt trip, but, sure, but I will sure. say from my own experience that, you know, we're in our own world, in our own home, our own workplace, our own social circles. You know, we, we can get pretty selfish. We can be concerned with our, with our own selves. And that's, that's a type of burden. I mean, that's a challenge. That's, that's a struggle. Yeah, let's be concerned with ourselves. It's a relief. It's a relief to to have to just drop all of that and help somebody who needs it. Mm. It's a relief from our own selfish existence. 
hope I'm not coming on too strong here, but but no, that's no, what no, I've been no, I think you are. That's what I've been feeling. It's it's actually a blessing to be able to just forget about you know my own problems, you know, keeping the ship afloat, the griha, keep it from sinking, and and to just extend myself to somebody else. It's actually a blessing. It's actually a relief because I think uh, you know being in our own selfish bubbles is really that's also a type of suffering. Yeah. And I'm happy to put that aside for some time. Wow. I, I, that's that's a really great point. I wanted to also come back to a point that you said when I said what your end goal is and you said for people to chant and also for people to come in contact with a guru, yeah. with a teacher. Yeah. So in your own life, you know, this is the topic that I kind of presented to you about your guru giving you the place where you're going to serve like that kind of level of surrender and faith is not, is very unique in our time right now. I know in Srila Prabhupada's time, you know, when they were on the train and, and uh, you know, they stopped someone and Prabhupada's like, okay, you two get off and start a temple here. <laughs> and, and they're like, Prabhupada, but we don't even know the language or anything. And they're like, he's like, no, don't worry. Krishna will help you. And that's what you, those are the stories that you hear. Right. But we don't hear like, of your kind of story in this day and age where, okay, Maharaj is like, uh, now go to Australia, now go to Pennsylvania. Like what, tell us a little bit about your thought process and, and your, and your feeling and your realizations that you've had from surrendering to the order of your guru. I think it's very, uh, it's, I think I want to get in your, in your brain a little bit about that because this is something a lot of devotees, uh, you know, question even and sometimes gurus don't even uh, don't even say mm. it they know the disciple won't be able to handle it and mm. things like that but i, I want to hear a little bit about that okay well i have to say that i appreciate your encouragement i don't really feel like some <laughs> uh, some revolutionary pioneer of, of Prabhupada's day i mean i thought it was great when gurudev decided where i would live i didn't have to worry about picking and right. <laughs> that sort of stuff making a choice it's nice to just have the choice made for me a few times. Right. But uh, just for right. the record, I'm not sure he's going to do that anymore. I've got two kids now, and right. yes, don't often take responsibility for those sort of things. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> anyway, I told him I'm in it to win it in in Penn State. You know, we're just gonna we're trying our best for as long as we can. So yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I mean. The relationship with our, with our spiritual master is an important one. And I think what's, in my realization, what's important to understand is that we're all expected to do what the guru has asked of us, not things that haven't been asked of us. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, for example, uh, I heard my spiritual master was once speaking in New Zealand to some devotees about his time in Eastern Europe. As you might know, he was... Sure. Some of those who were going undercover and, and you know, in the Iron Curtain at risk right. of death. And, you know, David Reed Deswami doesn't look Bulgarian or look Polish. <laughs> he's sneaking right. around. Doesn't look like a local. He didn't. He doesn't often speak about those times, but he mentioned a few things. And uh, this one devotee in New Zealand was was saying to him, "But you know, what about us, Guru Dave? You know, we don't have those sort of opportunities anymore. You know, we don't. There's no more like really dangerous places to go to." You and your god brothers and god sisters, you've already done all of that. You spread Krishna consciousness all over the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where's our, you know, we don't have those big adventures left, really. And uh, and I remember Gurudev saying, but I never asked you to do that. I asked you to just stay here and do this program that you're doing right here. <laughs> Prabhupada asked us to do that. Yeah. Prabhupada asked us to do that. And so we did it. And, 
you know, I always try to think about that in, in relationship with, with my guru giving me these instructions or, or these missions. So this is just what he's asked me to do. To be honest, I'd, I'd like to do something else. I, you know, it's hard doing Penn State. It's hard being in rural Pennsylvania. It's not a normal yeah. setting for me. But I think, well, this is just what I'm asked to do. And that's, that's all we should, we should try to. The spiritual master asks us to just serve the deities or asks us to just take care of family or just chant our, our, chant our rounds. Yeah. No, that's how we go back home, back to Godhead. That's how we please Krishna. And uh, I think we shouldn't try to assume more than we need. So I think whatever we receive from the guru is very special and very important. As we're having faith in the guru and, and you know, uh, what can I say? I just, I guess I'm just a- attracted to, to the spiritual master's bhakti. When I think I think if you're attracted to the the happiness that they feel yeah. when they're serving Krishna, then you want to just try to follow suit. I, I think it's really simple when it comes down to it. You know, when we chant Gayatri and meditate, Krishna Nandaya, the guru is being giving pleasure to Krishna and pleased by Krishna. Yes. Whenever I get to that word, you know, I'm always thinking of Gurudev dancing in Kirtan or picture Prabhupada, you know, jumping up and down, everyone going nuts. I think I just I'm attracted to that. So let me try to just do what they're doing. My faith is very, very simple and and probably naive. Sorry, there's not much more to it than that. I don't think it's naive. I think it's very deep. And what you're saying is very deep. My question is, how do you get to that? Did it come gradually? Was it an overnight thing? Was it a a very, you know, like, I think think right now devotees struggle with that because, for example, uh, you know, a guru can have so many disciples and and be Mm. traveling all over the mm-hmm. world and the and, and devotees feel some disconnect sometimes when they're not in touch with their guru very regularly mm-hmm. or 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 of, of sing, things of that nature so how have you felt connected yeah your guru yeah i hear what you're saying um and i felt like that more so recently uh you know it used to be that i would get a lot of time with my spiritual master i get a lot of you know like straightforward advice and instruction i had him on speed dial he would call me you know I remember yeah. a lot of people saying like, wow, your, your guru just like calls you. That's, that seems strange. I didn't, it didn't seem strange to me at the time. I thought this is always how we did it. You tell me to do this, tell me to do that. And it's really nice. Yeah. And uh, it's not so much anymore for obvious reasons. You know, family's expanding and, and we were more, you know, fixed in one place. But um, uh, yeah, so, so more recently I've been feeling like I don't get as much personal time. And it's been a challenge for me. I don't see him as often. Of course, then coronavirus came, and now everybody's like, I don't yes. see gurus at all. No one's traveling around so much. And that's been a challenge for me. I feel I feel like I don't get as much. I feel like I don't get as much attention. I've even doubted. Does he even remember what I'm doing? You know, he's got so many things going on. Right. Do you know what I'm doing? And maybe he's forgot. That it, like it left me here, you know, like you forget some luggage or something. <laughs> <laughs> forgot. I think, should I like, should I update him? Should I tell him I'm still here? <laughs> right, right. But um, but one thing that occurred to me in a discussion with another devotee who was, who was feeling a similar way is that uh, so many of our spiritual masters, they've taken on so much for Prabhupada, they've taken on really more than, than any normal person should. I mean, yeah. what's, what's, been, what's been placed in the lap of some of Prabhupada's disciples, you know, the ones who really stuck it out through, through thick and thin, is just a burden like we can't even imagine. Mm. And and they're also spreading Krishna consciousness, and they have newer people, younger people, 
less experienced people who are more in need of their time and attention to take care of. Yeah. And, and that makes me feel better. That's a good thing. I don't get as much personal time, but you know, I don't need as much. I understand what's expected of me. And so I continue as best as I can. And I'm happy that other persons who are newer or, or more in need get time from the spiritual master. They, they probably need it and, and deserve it more. Whereas, you know, you know, I've been around for some time. I, sh I should be able to not just have to call Guru Dave and say, oh, my wife's upset at me. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, whatever silly thing. So that's that's one thing that's helped me to understand our, you know, the evolving relationship with the Guru. And especially the, the, when it evolves to not getting a lot of attention. When we're new and we're, you know, first initiated by the Guru, you feel like, like this is like, this, you know, this person is, you know, I'm going to be by their side forever and and yeah. and it'll all be so nice but then later you know we don't get as much or then the spiritual master leaves this world i think we have to remember that they have other things that they need to do for krishna and that's a good thing we should be happy that they have other service for krishna huge burdens for krishna and I love you know, there are others who need that may probably need their attention more than us i love that point you made about that you feel better about it because you know that their time is 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 used probably better looking after someone who's newer and who needs them more than you who have been around for a while you know what needs to be done and you you can you know that that i think is a very important point i mean i see that with my i see that with my parents uh as well in the sense of, okay, time has been going on and my father is much older now. Of course, his guru is with him. He feels him in his heart and everything. But like, but that kind of uh, realization or, or knowing that the guru has something else to do and he's actually uh, kind of worked on me also and know, I know yeah. what I need to do. I, 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 it's, it's, it's all written out. I just need to do it. Yes, and that's that's a that's something that I think we need to remind ourselves is a yeah. great reminder. I think we need to, in general, speaking like generally, we 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 need to grow up and and mature in bhakti. Right. And right. I think in this day and age, we're kind of spoiled with how much association we get with the spiritual master and how much we're expecting. We're kind of spoiled. It's, it's not the norm over the last thousands of years and millennia. You know, yeah. how many, how much time did Sri Prabhupada get with his spiritual master? I don't know, maybe a dozen, two dozen interactions at most. I, I mean, I don't know exactly. I think you're right, yeah. How much time did many of our spiritual masters have with Srila Prabhupada? Like one-on-one? -on -one? Some of them never even spoke to him one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. It's just, I got Prabhupada's books, you know, and I've got the mission, and I know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I think I think nowadays with the, with the advancement in technology, we, we kind of expect a lot. And maybe that's, that's um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like retarding our growth sure and maturing in bhakti we need to we need to recognize that i got a lot from my spiritual master already now i need to apply it and 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 please krishna and even if the spiritual master leaves this world you know his service in another place either with radha and krishna directly or who knows maybe some other planet and um you know i've got i received a lot it's like what it's you what are you doing with the instructions of the guru instead of instead of um or or are you more are you caring more about the proximity with the guru like we see some like maybe this is not a, such a good example but those devotees who are very 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 close to Srila Prabhupada, a lot of them 
didn't really last in bhakti, but the ones who were really far away and who didn't get Madhusudan's association, mm. who, but really imbibed his instructions, you, like you're saying, they have come through thick and thin and have survived in, in spiritual right. life. Not even survived, but flourished and created more devotees and created temples and uh, and you know. held the whole thing on their shoulders exactly. in, in the most difficult of times. Yes, counterintuitively, yes. a lot of those persons who didn't have a lot of personal association with Prabhupada. So I think you know us, the next generation of sure. disciples of gurus. I think we, we've been a little spoiled with how much we get and, and what we expect in general. I'm not trying to get at anybody in particular, but right, right. We need to, we need to grow up a bit. Definitely, I agree. We're not going to be here much longer, and are we going to be ready to, to just you know focus on what they've given us to do? Definitely. Tell me a little bit about um, have you felt when you when you have gone to these different places, like okay, you go to Australia, you go to America and whatnot. Tell us a little bit about your realization or experience of any reciprocation or or things that have just fallen into place because you were following the instructions of the guru. Uh, I didn't always feel like things fell into place. I mean, it'd be nice to have a few miracles and, and this thing just works <laughs> out and that thing just works out. Doesn't always just work out. Yeah, a lot of it's really hard, and uh, especially if you're starting something new, and there isn't really uh, like a like a framework to kind of plug into. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been fortunate to start a few new projects, many of which are continuing, many of right. which are the offshoots that are continuing, and I, and I feel really, I can say proud. I feel proud of that. Sure, those experiences, but they don't always just. <laughs> it's not like the doors is always open. Sometimes yeah. it's really, really hard. And uh, it's been like that and here at Penn State. I've been trying for quite a few years, but nothing's really fallen into place. It's really mm -hmm. just been a struggle. I feel like I'm on day one every day. <laughs> wow. But, um, but I guess my strength is just persistence. I don't have a lot of creative ideas. I'm just kind of too dumb to try anything else. I just keep going and keep going and keep going. I think the miracle is that... Uh, that we can continue, we can continue despite obstacles and that we can, that we have the opportunity to do the service. That's yeah. the miracle I try to focus on now. Yeah, yeah. That, that I still have, I'm still getting out the door and doing it, even yeah. though it hasn't exactly unfolded the way that I had hoped. The miracle is that I'm still trying and that, uh, and that some people, they're, they're reciprocating with that. Definitely, I, I don't have any. I don't have any, so many magical stories. No, no, no. I'm. I, that's that. What you what you said. That's magical in itself. That I think a failure is when you stop trying. When you get down and you stop trying. But if you continue to keep yeah. trying, I think, I think we need to we need to stop this. I mean, I do this all the time. But this all or nothing mentality in Christian yes. consciousness. Yes. We we need to look at the. We need to look at the process. And how we're how much we're trying and how often and how with how much quality and and uh, I think that's very important. Just start and never stop. I yeah. if, if I may say something directly to your to your viewers, please, please. Many are, are grihastas, and you know sometimes the grihastas we think I can't, I, you know I can't do anything, but we can just start something and then just never stop. Even if you can just invite one coworker over, one neighbor, invite some devotees over to your home, have some kirtan. To start it, just make it regularly and just never, ever stop. And that's just always been our philosophy, no matter what's going on. You just can't stop. And it's not always glorious. I might not make it on the news. I've not been on the front page of Dandalat, <laughs> Sariska News. But, but, uh, 
But, you know, over time, I, you know, sometimes I stop and I think that even here in, in Pennsylvania, thousands of people chanted, thousands of people taking prasadam, even though sometimes it's only like two or three people there, you just, you just start and never stop as long as you never stopped. And so many people that get access to Krishna. And uh, I think that that'll be our, our strength. Yeah. We can do that. Yeah. It's, that's, it's a great, uh, more about, about, um, about the guru. What would you say is if someone is looking for a guru, I know a lot of devotees, um, young people have questions regarding is this person my guru or this person my guru? And there's so many amazing devotees and Prabhupada, Prabhupada's disciples and you know grand disciples even now who are taking on disciples and things like that. What would you say is a is a number is like maybe the top three things you should look for in a guru if you if you are attracted to to someone to become your guru? I think first we have to be inspired by their Krishna consciousness because we pick up so much of their attitude and their relationship with Krishna. You know, gurus are very different, which is a great thing. Some they serve Krishna in this way, in this mood, and others in that way. And yeah. we need to be attracted and inspired by their feelings for Krishna. So we need to be able to see, I think especially how they chant. <laughs> mm. I'm a little bit of a, a voyeur when it comes to kirtan. I'm just gonna <laughs> change it here. This is one of my favorite things to do voyeuristic kirtan when i'm in a big kirtan with a bunch of people i love just like watching someone for a long time Interesting. A but it's like that no joke that's how i decided i'm gonna marry anandini lalita because i would watch her in kirtan i just i like really study the facial expressions going on okay i can see some deep feeling going on there this wow. some people can sing really nice but i could i could see on the face you know there's a lot there i love just i love just being a little perverse and watching devotees as they chant and what's going on with their, with their face and with their bodies and whatnot. And yeah. especially with my spiritual master, of course, there's a lot going on. And uh, and you you see some, you know, they say the the face is the, the window to the mind or something, a facial expression. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so you see, you know, the, the feelings of love that someone has for Krishna. I think that's what we have to be attracted to and inspired by first. And that sounds really esoteric, but it's, it's really quite practical. Just try to chant kirtan with a prospective guru and see how they chant and if you're inspired by the mood then mm. and that's how we should approach them so that's one thing you said three things yeah three <laughs> things or however many the other thing is 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 very practical i think that we should we should approach a spiritual master who is in our area i know nowadays again i feel like we're a little spoiled by the technology and we like to think like okay you know there's gurus all over the world and i should just go through all of them first and even if you know even if he's in Zimbabwe or something, you know, somehow he's got to be my guru and I'm going to be his, I'm going to be his burden, even though he's in Zimbabwe and I'm all the way over here. That's, that's his problem. That's not my problem. <laughs> I think that Krishna puts devotees in certain places so that we can come in contact with them and that we should trust the process. And that, and if, and if a devotee is, is accessible and can be our spiritual master, we should take advantage of that. And I think that that's recurring in Bhagavatam a lot, isn't it? Mm. That uh, just the devotee who happens to be there and who can represent Krishna becomes the guru for the person in need. Right. And I think we need to resist being a little spoiled, thinking that, you know, it's like Tinder or something, like I'm supposed to swipe through a thousand different gurus and, and find a match. <laughs> right. I've used Tinder, but I know how it works. Right, right. And, um, you know, I think we should trust that Krishna puts certain devotees in our in our space and in our life, and we should... We should take advantage of that. 
And um, and the third thing I would say is uh, if if we are aspiring for a spiritual master, just trying to hear as much as possible. Of course, mm. this is the part where we're spoiled, and it's a good thing is that we have unlimited, as you know, unlimited Krishna Kata. Just I mean, there's no excuse to not be 24/7 hearing. Yeah. Thousands of years ago, you had to climb the Himalayas, you know, <laughs> struggle through blistering cold in Portuguese, and climb some mountain to get five minute darshan with some guru. But now it's just, we have no excuse to not be hearing all the time. Yeah. So, you know, let's, let's do that. Mm. We're so fortunate for that. Right. What's your, what's your personal uh, devotional service of, of like what drives you in, in your own sadhana? It drives me in sadhana as, again, I hope this isn't coming across the wrong way, but what no, really... Don't think that, no. You're, you're speaking from your own experience, and, and, and I think we all, we all can appreciate that. I just, when I think about what people are going through these mm. days, I just, I feel like I need to be, I need to be there for people who need it. Mm. And I need to try to extend myself, and I need to try to be strong, for persons who are weak. And it just so happens that's pretty much everybody <laughs> in this world. Yeah, And that's what motivates me to try to be strong in Krishna consciousness, to do my sadhana, to do my service, is that, um, that people need help. And, and I have the capacity, I have the facility, I have the resources, am I gonna do it? That's what keeps me going. Mm. If for my, I, don't, I don't really care about myself so much lost interest but but if i can do something to help others that's what that's what really drives me really when I, and again it sounds strange but when i think about what people are going through the sort of suffering that people are going through on the daily it just gets me feeling like i have to try more i have to keep going right wow. maybe someday i'll become a braja bhakti i'm just not there yet now i'm just i just i just can't help but think of what yeah, just the suffering of people in general and what I can do to try to be involved in that. I mean, that's that's what Prabhupada's mood was, right? Paradukaduki, understanding and, and kind of taking on the suffering of others on their own head. We have to feel it. We have to feel it like it's our own. Yes. But, but, but again, this is like, that's not why we came to Krishna consciousness. We came to Krishna consciousness to stop suffering. You know, that's I mean, that's how it was pitched to us, right? That's what. That's not how we sell it to people. You'd be free from stress and anxiety. <laughs> yeah, chant and be happy. And then, like after a couple of years, it's like so much stress. It's like I get so Krishna. <laughs> you know, we get kind of duped like that. But but it's a different sort of stress, and we have to understand that there is a significant a significant difference. This Krishna anxiety, as Prabhupada called it. The anxiety yeah. that Mother Yashoda feels when she thinks, oh, is Krishna going to step on some hard rocks? Is, she, is he going to get knocked over by a cow when he's out there grazing with the, with the yeah. calves in the forest? That anxiety is something very special, and it's a very powerful feeling, and it's, it's hard for us to face. But I think we need to be anxious about the state of the world and what we can do. We can do a lot. Every single one of us can do a lot. It can make a huge difference in a person's life. And if you think that you're not qualified, you are, and you can do so much. And and to kind of face that, to take that burden is it's it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of anxiety, but it's also very powerful spiritual emotion. I th I think that's my that's my driving force. That's my the fuel in my fire. That's that's my that's what gets me out of bed in the morning. Mm. 
I, 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 when I had this podcast with Vaisheshi Kapoor, I was talking a little bit about, we were talking about book distribution. And you know what you're, you know, you were, you were saying, oh, I'm not, I don't know about, you know, Brajabakti and things like, but, but what you're doing and what Sankirtan is, is very much in hand with Brajabakti. We were talking about it and, 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 you know, bringing the living entities to Krishna, take, re reclaiming those living entities to Krishna, it's very much hand in hand with, uh, the you know Raja Bhakti, the gopis are take bringing the other gopis to Krishna. They're not think, thinking, oh, I'm going to go to Krishna myself in a selfish way, but bringing all the other ones for Krishna's pleasure. That's that's a very, and Vaisheshik Prabhu was saying, yeah, that's that's what it, you know that's what sometimes they were saying in the in the back in the pioneering days of book distribution. This mm -hmm. is a very rasik, right. rasik thing to be doing to bring uh, others to Krishna consciousness. I appreciate you saying that and being encouraging. I remember the, the esoteric interpretation of the Gurvashtakam verse, right? Nikunjalila, Ratikeli, Siddhaya, creating perfect arrangements for Radha and Krishna in the groves of Vrindavan. And Prabhupada confirmed that, yes, this is about Sankirtana. Yes. And uh, anyway, I appreciate your encouragement. Maybe someday I'll have some spontaneous love for Krishna, but right now it's spontaneous compassion for the living yeah. entity in general. Um, I have uh, I have one more question, and then we'll go to our um, our comment section. But this is a more selfish question, just from from a grahasta, one grahasta to another grahasta, with our kids are being very similar ages. I um I I worry a lot about my kids, my wife, our maintenance, things like that. Mm. I, I'm just a worrier, and I, I'm I'm kind of um, putting myself out there right now but um in the sense of how do you deal with being a grahasta and you know how your kids are going to turn out yeah. or how you're going to maintain yourself or what's going to happen to your wife or you know what well, like there's so many things to worry about as a grahasta how do you yeah. deal with that personally i i mean i struggle heaps you can ask my wife <laughs> not <laughs> You come off a very much. You come off very much like you. You are. You have so much faith. In the guru told you to go these different places, and how could you not be like, okay, well, how am I going to maintain myself, or how am I going to, you know, be safe, or you know, like things like that? Tell us a little bit about that, because I'm very interested in that. Because I would like to. You're you're coming off with a lot of faith and a lot of faith in Krishna and and Krishna's guardianship. You know, in Sharanagati it says go varnam. Embracing the Lord's guardianship, and I feel that you have that, and I and I want some of that. Tell me a little bit about that. You're gonna make me cry, but I definitely <laughs> don't feel like that. I feel like I'm I'm struggling, but now that you're saying it, yes, maybe the Lord has been taking care of us thus far, and will continue to do so. But I I definitely feel the stress and the burden, and sometimes it keeps me up at night. And there's financial worries, and there's you know child raising worries, and there's relationship worries, and and it's just so much to deal with. It's not getting any easier, you know? It's, it's, like it's getting a lot harder. The economy, I, feel you, I feel you, Prabhu. I feel you. The economy is getting, you know, more. it's more challenging to, to, to eke out your little, your share of the prize. And, yeah. you know, as devotees, like, we don't even want our share. It's like, I don't even care, but it's like, I have to get some. I got to pay the bills. I got to provide something for my kids. You know, we want to have enough money to give our kids some opportunities to do stuff, you know? Sure. We don't yeah. want to be like... I don't know, maybe some people do, but I don't want to be like an extreme parent who just says, well, you know, just your whole social life and everything you'll ever need is right here in the temple. You got to be able to provide opportunities, give them experiences and say so you need money for that. 
Sankirtan costs a lot of money now. You know, it's not the seventies anymore. You can just sell incense and pay for your whole Sankirtan program. Yeah. That's a lot of money. And that's, you know, that's a big burden. I'm, I'm, I don't cope very well. I, I don't always cope very well. I, I sometimes, I'm going to be honest with you since it's just you and me. Yeah. It's just the guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes I break down. Sometimes I, I have really hard days or weeks yeah. And I get angry. I get I get morose. I get frustrated. You know, dealing with with that uh, that that challenge of, of being a grihasta man. It's hard. Yeah. And I really appreciate the initiatives that you've supported, like the mantra program and and whatever else we can do. I think to to support men or all families, of course, but you know, men who are trying to take care of families. That we need to support men who are supporting families because it's not getting any easier. Yeah. And uh, I don't, have, I, don't I, I don't have anything else to say except to, to sympathize with you that I, I struggle as well. I struggle as well, and I just I just focus on um, you know doing as best as I can, and also keeping in mind retirement. You know, mm. Grihas is supposed to be a challenge, and part of the, the what we're supposed to learn from that challenge is that that we we don't need to do this. That we can that we are supposed to renounce and 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 just not be involved with the opposite sex, not be involved with, with that whole thing anymore. Yeah. And that's part of the lesson. And, and I'm not trying to, I'm not saying that I have some sort of bitterness or resentment, but I'm saying that's part of the lesson. And I think we have to, we have to struggle to some amount. Yeah. I, I feel for you. And, uh, and Thank if, you. You need to, <laughs> if you need to talk, of course, you're far more experienced and more advanced in Krishna consciousness yeah. than, than me. But if you need to talk, you know, we can talk. I, I try to talk with a lot of guys who are going through that. Sure. We try to talk with each other and 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 just give emotional support because it's always going to be a challenge. I don't think the the social structure is going to change anytime soon. That it's just easier for us to to be grihasta men. Yeah, it's always a challenge. It's yeah. It, it it's 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 so relieving and like. It, it's it means a lot to hear that from you because I feel like sometimes I feel very alone in in my struggle mm-hmm. uh at being a grahasta man and 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 kind of you know putting it all on my shoulders to maintain yeah. everything and but, as men we don't like to show our weakness we don't like to tell yeah. somebody we're struggling until it just yeah. bursts out in some really unhealthy way yes yes yeah. yes and i also think you know i also think krishna has maintained me up till now and he's there's never been a time where you know food's not been on the table i don't i haven't had clothes i haven't had a roof over my head and i don't foresee him you know sometimes it, sometimes you don't get, get the things that you want but you have everything you need and i think mm-hmm. i'm reminding myself of that mm-hmm. that he you will he will take care of my needs but but if i want a you know 5 million dollar house he's not going to i don't mm-hmm. i can't necessarily be like okay i i want that and and i yeah. i should get it from you krishna you know it's so it's it's um yeah. it's, Working Interesting you say that. I think also we, we still have to resist the trends in society today that, that makes men think like I have to have so much more than I do, that I can't just be satisfied with what I have, especially in America. You know, there's this hyper individualism. Yes. And it's just like, like if you haven't got the Bentleys, like, you know, what do you show? What are you even posting on Instagram? <laughs> like, you know, we can't take for granted that like like we're all above that. We're also affected. We're affected and and part of our challenge as Grihasta men is being satisfied with what we have. Helping the family to be satisfied with what we have, you know, and yeah. and uh, and and setting the limit. Like this is where we're at. We don't need to strive for more than we need at the expense of our Krishna consciousness. I think that we have to make those decisions as a couple, 
like this is financially this is yeah. where we're at and if we strive more it's going to compromise our krishna consciousness we got to just stop here right right that's really helped that we've had some of those sort of conversations that's a great point like you have to be you have both have to be on board and and you have yeah. to be on the same page about things yeah great thank you so much i appreciate, appreciate it. <laughs> let's look at the questions and comments here um okay let's look at this one in your opinion we kind of discuss this in your opinion what makes new zealand and australia so successful with multiple locations and people loving prashadam versus los angeles i don't know if we want to kind of get into that and and talk about specific yatras but maybe we can address that i just think that that down under the devotees have done very well to adapt to the need of the day as you know finding new and fresh they're not afraid to try new ways to yeah. show that Krishna consciousness is relevant to their lives. And uh, I guess I am being a little critical by saying the word afraid. I think other parts of the world, maybe they're not so open to trying new things. Yeah, right, good point. Okay, this was during our pre, you know, our conversation earlier. Such a good point. Which, which door is it we would want to get them through? Perhaps it should be more about encouraging people to open their own door, not ours, and adding Krishna to their life. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. We don't know Krishna and how he relates to every living entity. And if we just superimpose our relationship with Krishna on everybody else, you know, that's not very nice to Krishna. <laughs> that's none of our business. Yeah. Uh, the guru perhaps can do that, but not all of us are qualified to do that. And so, yeah, I think any way we see people connecting with Krishna, adding Krishna to their lives should always be encouraged. Persons who inquire about more can be told about more and and those who don't, uh, you know, can 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 just apply Krishna in their lives as they like. Mm. I'm all yeah. about super liberal bhakti. I mean, I'm like <laughs> I'm like super liberal. I'm all about any way that someone wants to yeah. connect with Krishna is glorious. He can handle that. Maybe we can't cope with that. It's hard for us to cope with the ways that people connect to Krishna, but Krishna can handle all sorts of things. Yes, that's a great point. Wow, I love that. I really like that. Uh, and also he says, uh, Ravi, our friend Ravi says, I really appreciate the mature and empathetic uh, perspective of Yashadev Prabhu. Um, great. Uh, yeah, just give and don't expect works. That's very true. Yamanuja. Haribo Yamanuja. Um, My dear God sister. Oh, okay, wonderful. Um, our friend uh, Matura, association with Yasho and Anandini is also so beneficial for people who are already devotees. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm getting so much out of this conversation. I say, I say so much. Devotees are like, oh, you, you, your podcasts are too long. And I say, I don't care. I'm getting so much out of this conversation, probably much more than our viewers are. I'm feeling much more enlightened <laughs> in my own Krishna consciousness mm. from, from talking about Krishna and talking about people's experiences in Krishna yeah. consciousness. And uh, uh, you know, it's a it's a selfish thing for me. What a great service you have! Just the dati pratikrinati, just inquiring confidentially and 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 speaking. I mean, is there anything sweeter than that? Just devotees talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I love gold mine. You cracked the code. You figured out what's the best service to do. Yeah, figured it out. Game is <laughs> over, and he's won. Uh, my basis to your service, and may Krishna provide everything for you and your family. Thank you. All glories to Grahastha preacher devotees. Um, okay, but it helps when you find someone who can talk and share your struggles. Both of you are great grahasas, and Krishna can always help you. Thank you. Such a uh, touching, wonderful, honest, and deep conversation. Thank you so much. Made my day. 
Um, a lot of nice people who listen to you. Yeah. Very inspiring discussion. All the best to both of you. Uh, I just want to say that I did observe and learn a lot from Anandini and him, and I'm very grateful for it. Great, great. Okay, there's no other questions on here. But um, yeah, we're coming to the end of the time here. We're an hour and a half. Uh, yesterday, Prabhu, any concluding statements for all our listeners regarding um, sharing Krishna consciousness or finding a guru or anything of this, of what we discussed? Any, any concluding statements? Uh, yeah, I just think that the future is very bright, very bright for all of us as devotees, is very bright for ISKCON. It's very bright for the world if we continue to put the best of ourselves into it. And I think this is something that's worth being excited about. And uh, I'm very optimistic about what's to come in the next few years, in the next few decades or 100 years or however long we can, we can maintain a, a, a cohort community of devotees. Yeah. And I think that everybody should be enthusiastic to just put their best into it. And uh, and not worry about the problems, you know. We all, any of us who's been a member of ISKCON, my, my guru once said to me that anybody who's been in ISKCON for ten years has had some sort of trauma. <laughs> we had something, <laughs> so we have to just you have to just keep moving forward. I remember he said yeah. that to me, and when he said that, I thought, wow, you know, he's gone through like like jails in communist Europe, you know, a threat of death. Here I am complaining about some temple president said this or said that, you know. And it just and it just made me think that the, the the future is bright and and we shouldn't worry too much about you know whatever's happened in the past and mm -hmm. just continue to be optimistic about sharing Krishna and because the future is bright we should be optimistic about sharing Krishna I feel like that I feel like that all the time that uh, I think it can only get better for our community Iskan for devotees all over the world and for uh, for people in general if we continue to to put our best out there and as for gurus I think that uh, it is. Krishna's special arrangement, actually. A guru is very deep and, and very special representative of Krishna. Yeah. And sometimes we have to have faith in how Krishna allows that to, to unfold and, and put our heart into it, just like you fall in love with a person. It's not always logical. Maybe it's not always perfect, but we fall in love with a person because of you know, who they are and how they're, how, you know, what, what their characteristics are. And I think if we fall in love with a person's love of Krishna, then that's how we, we, we start to understand who is a guru, who can be our guru. Because ultimately that's what we're learning from the guru is how to love Krishna, how to just do what we can to, to please Krishna. Beautiful, wow. Well, thank you so much for, for this conversation. I got, gosh, I, I feel like, you know, I always really liked you and, and, and but, but now I like you even more because <laughs> I know a little bit more about your story. And I feel like you're, I feel like we're, similar in many ways of course yeah. you're much have so much more faith than i do but i feel i can learn so much from you and uh just just your your, your level of krishna consciousness and your level of faith and your uh you know the way you you're able to uh describe how you connect with people i think it's something that we can all learn from so for all my listeners please you know listen to this again and just pick out all the nuggets that prabhu here has has uh, you know, mind for us about sharing Krishna consciousness with others. And if you want to get in touch with Yashadev Prabhu, he is on Instagram at, uh, here's his handle. Um, you can also get in touch with him on Facebook. He is on Facebook, uh, and uh, you can connect with him there, if that's okay, with, for the device. Yeah. So, um, okay, well, please like and uh, share this interview, and, and please like my um, Facebook page. 
I'm on Instagram as well at, at Namras. Um, I do these every week. I'm getting to 100 episodes by the end of the year. This is number 53. Uh, and so let's, um, you know, I got another few wonderful devotees coming on in, in the coming weeks. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, great stuff coming on the podcast. But again, Yashoday Prabhu, thank you so much. Please stay on. I'm going to play our outro and then um, I'm going to quit the live. But please stay on. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hari Bol. Hari Hari.